Um, no, no one really wants that. No, there are certain things in life that shouldn't be used again, right? There are certain things in life that you don't want to use again. Like, after I chew my gum, you probably don't want to chew it. How many of you are bargain shoppers? You love to get a deal. How many of you love so much to get a deal that you will buy used? A used cell phone, a used clothes, or clothes? How many of you are... How many of you know that a used pizza is not a good deal? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> a used pizza, a pizza that's been bought and eaten and, you know, like the already chewed gum is not a good deal. <laughs> All right. There are certain things that are only meant to be given once. And let me tell you something. Don't miss this now. Here's my punchline. Your heart... And your body are the very same way. See, there's a difference between the piece of gum that I'm chewing and enjoying and a piece of gum, sorry it's in my back pocket, uh, that is, is in the box, in the wrapper, and never been touched. Ooh, follow me for a second. Because the Holy Spirit's about to hit you smack between the eyes. There's a difference between the piece of gum that I chewed and I was enjoying and the piece of gum that is in the package wrapped and untouched. You see, God wants that for our hearts and for our bodies and for our lives. That we would be not like the piece of gum already chewed, but like that fresh piece. That when we get there on our wedding day, it's only our spouse that ever gets to unwrap the wrapper. Untie the box. That's God's desire for our life. Are you in Proverbs 4.23? Let's read together. I have the New Living Translation here because I like what it says. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above. That's why I like the New Living. Listen now. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of of your life. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 7, our second scripture tonight. Song of Solomon chapter 2 verse 7. Okay, first person to get there, throw your hand up and you can read it for us. Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, it's after the book of Ecclesiastes, after the book of Proverbs. First person to get there, throw your hand up, Daniel, you can read it for us in just a minute. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 7. Daniel, go ahead. I charge you, O you daughters of Jerusalem, by the rose and by the hinds of the field, that you stir not up nor awake my love till he please. Okay. King James translation. One of my favorite translations of this verse happens to be the message translation, which says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and the does of the field, not to stir up or awaken love until the time is ripe, and you're ready. And you know, it's interesting that she says by the gazelles and the does of the field. Gazelles and does are not tamed or domestic animals. They are, they are animals that are in the wild. And what the writer is saying here is that when you open up love, you can't put a cap on it. You can't tame it. And so you have to be ready. The time has got to be ripe and you have to be ready. So it's a warning that love can be this wild and exciting adventure, but the time needs to be right. And we'll talk more about the right time next week. Final scripture tonight, Genesis 
Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible because it's so good. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25. When you get there, say, I got it. Okay. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, this is after God has made man and now made woman, and Adam sees woman for the first time. And the Bible says in verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not embarrassed or ashamed in each other's presence. That's why I like the amplified version. I'm going to read that again. Just listen now. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not embarrassed or ashamed in each other's presence. I love this scripture because it shows us the pure perfection of God's creation in the beginning. See, today we wear clothes because of the sin nature, but God's original design was Adam and Eve were naked. Now, I just want you to let your thought process go out a little bit. Let's say that sin never entered the world. That means that clothes would never be developed. You can read in the book of Genesis that God developed clothes after Adam and Eve tried. It's like, you know, Adam and Eve were like the bootlegged designer. God shows up and says, let me show you how to make some clothes here and use some ram skin. But there were no, there were to be no clothes. You and I would probably be here tonight, stock, naked. And it just got very uncomfortable in the room. But it's the beauty of God's creation that there was never need to be a cover-up. The Bible says that they were naked and unashamed in each other's presence. In other words, they weren't embarrassed. And I want you to know something tonight. There's nothing greater, no greater experience in your life. Tell me, t- trust me because I have been there. There's no greater experience in this life than to stand there on your wedding day unashamed and unembarrassed. No skeletons, no secrets in the closet because you guarded your heart, because you kept your heart, and you're there on your wedding day, and you, you, you give your heart completely to your spouse. For those of you who want to be married, for those of you who it's God's desire and God's will and plan for you to be married, I understand that not everyone will be married, but for those of you who have that desire, there's nothing greater than being able to say, here's my heart that I kept for you. Here's my life that I kept for you. Now, the opposite side of that, remember when we started talking about relationships, this is what we said. There's God's way, and then there's the world's way. And as Pastor John taught on Sunday, the enemy's goal in life, because he can't create and he can't destroy, is to, you said it, pervert. Perversion is simply a twisting of the truth. And that's what the enemy does. And so he tries to get us to think that the more experience you have, the better. There's a big lie out there that says, listen, you know, go and experience as many relationships as you can. That way, when you get married, you know how to do it. You know how to take care of that person. You know how to show love to them. That is a lie straight from the pit of hell. You know, I agree sometimes that experience can be a great teacher. But when you're talking about relationships, experience is not a great teacher. You know, when you have a relationship with one person, let's just say for the sake of argument... You're in this romantic relationship with a person, right? Okay? Something terrible happens and the relationship breaks off. It takes some time for your heart to heal and you mend. And then you say, oh, I'll never love again. You find somebody else and you, you fall for them and you get into another relationship. Those are just two relationships. Now, let me go through this and show that what happens. 
in your mind and in your heart, you're now comparing in this new relationship what this new relationship is like to the other relationship. So if you, all you have are these experiences along the way, experience is not a great teacher because you're constantly comparing one relationship to another. How awesome is it to get there on your wedding day and to have no experience? You see, there's nothing greater than that. There's purity in that. I just want to mess with you a little bit. Number one, sex is not evil. Number two, God invented sex. And number three, who do you think gave the first sex ed course? God. Okay? I mean, you just have to let your mind wander on these things when you read the Bible and you read Genesis. I mean, what, how do you think? What do you think happened? You know, God had to talk to Adam and Eve, you know? And, and, and there's a purity in that. They didn't know anything. And that's my whole point tonight, is that we as Christians are to guard our heart. There is a right time for love, and there is a right time for romance. But we right now have to guard our heart because the time is not yet. And God will reveal when the time is right. Just, I want to share a few statistics with you. Then I have a little illustration for you. Um, you guys know Discovery Channel? Discovery Channel? Okay, well, there's something called Discovery Health, and they're all about health and wellness. And they did some research, and uh, what they found statistically is that, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, we don't want to get married yet. We want to live together. I'm 28 years old. I have a lot of friends who do that now, and I have a lot of friends who have done that, and now they got married. But I just, I just want you to know, a lot of people do that because they say, I want to experience it first before I actually commit myself to marriage. And statistically, those who live together before they're married have a less satisfying love life and are more likely to break up or to have the marriage end in divorce. Statistically. Not just Mr. Kurt making that up. Those who cohabitate or live together before marriage have less satisfying love lives and they're more likely to break up. That's proof that this lie about experience is not true. It's a lie. Here's another thing to mess with you a little bit. Discovery Health also found in a national study that married couples... See, a lot of people say, oh man, you know, got to settle down, just have one person for the rest of your life. I imagine that might be a little bit scary for some of us, just like the idea of worshiping God for eternity in heaven can be scary for some of us. That's all we're going to do is worship God? I don't know, man. But that's because we're trying to understand infinite things with a finite mind. And love is the very same way. Love is the very same thing. And a lot of people will say, you know, you, know you, should, you should experience, you should have a good time and experience a bunch of different relationships. Well, this study showed that married couples have a more satisfying romantic Love life. I'm going to just let you fill in the gaps there, okay? They have a more satisfying romantic intimacy than unmarried couples. The world will tell you that it's more fun to go out and have fun and do whatever you want. But even worldly statistics show that it's not beneficial and that those who are married have much more romantic intimacy. I don't know about you, but I want my marriage to last forever. Forever. Okay? And that takes work. And the work doesn't begin at 21, 22, 28. The work begins at 12 and at 14. Right now, to do Proverbs 4.23, to guard and protect your heart. Everyone, well, never mind. I don't think I would. Just touch your sides. What are, what are on your sides right there? What are those called? Ribs. Okay. Don't you think it's pretty interesting that God took the life source of your body and enclosed it in a cage? 
and then put muscles around it and then put a, a whole uh, exoskeletal structure, this whole skin and bloody covered it. Don't you think that's pretty interesting? Why? Because your heart is so important. If your heart gets pierced, you're dead. You can live without a brain. People on, on life support, their heart is pumping, but their brain is no activity. It doesn't work the other way around. You cannot live if your heart is pierced and penetrated and you lose your blood. That's the whole point. The heart is the life source. That's what Proverbs 4.23 is all about. So when you think, how do I guard my heart? Well, how is your heart protected? It's enclosed. It's in a cage. You've got to guard. You've got to protect your heart. It's got to be the most important thing to you. So here's what I wanted to show you tonight. I need a couple volunteers, and I have my little Play-Doh heart that I've created. It's been drying for two weeks now. I think I did a good job. There's no mold here. This is all handcrafted. Isn't this good? Thank you. I don't know if, I don't know if exactly. It's, it's good. It's not okay. It's good. Don't worry. You can be a volunteer. This, let's just say that this represents a normal person's heart. Now I know there's some cracks and stuff. Bear with me. It's Play-Doh. It's not perfect, okay? And this represents a normal person's heart. And Let's say that this heart gets into a relationship, but the relationship, you say, why do you always talk about relationships ending? Well, we talked about that last time. A relationship won't last if it's built on the wrong foundation. And a lot of our relationships as young people is built on attraction. A relationship, as we shared last time, cannot last on attraction alone. So, this is a hammer. Now, what I want is that girl that has been really, really hurt by a guy to come up and beat this heart. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is a heart. Heart enters into a relationship, but the relationship ends. Now, I just want somebody to come up here and just give this heart a good whack. Okay, Isabel, come on up here. Don't, don't like, pulverize my heart, but just, just give it like you, would, like you would hammer a nail. Okay, there's a, there, no, 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 I didn't want to, what are you doing? This is progressive. You're one person. Sit down. Sit down, birthday girl. You're one person. All right. Daniel, can you come hold my microphone for me? Lest I trip again. Hold right here. Hold it right here. Okay, good. So, this is what happens in a normal relationship. You know, a little bad breakup. Your heart's not completely broken, though, because you're strong, Okay. And this is what we do. During the mending process, we take a little extra Play-Doh, because that's what your heart is made of, and you mend this heart back together. Oh, see, but in the process, you got even more hurt. Well, that's pretty sad. Too bad for you. Okay? So we're going to switch. Now, your job is to get that heart back together as best as you possibly can, okay? So Daniel's going to work on getting that heart back together. This is just one relationship. You need to, yeah, work on that. Um, this is just one broken relationship. And, and just think about that. We gave our heart away in a relationship. And I'm not even talking about going all the way. It's so important that you realize this. There was a question that came through last week about what's the line? How far can I go? And that's not what I'm talking about yet. I'm talking about just entering into a relationship and giving your heart away through emotion and through feelings. You get out of that relationship and you try to... Did that just go in your mouth? No. Oh. No, I was just seeing if it smelled like it used to. Okay. Like when you were a kid? Yeah. Okay. So, so we get this mended, and we're, we think, already good. That's a good job, Daniel. Don't squeeze it. Just leave it alone. Thank you. Um, okay, so Daniel has mended this heart, but it's still a little crippled. Now, Daniel, 
We enter into another relationship, but the relationship ends, unfortunately. Go ahead and give that heart a little whack. Let's see what happens again. Not too much. Some damage there. See that? Okay. It broke my heart. <laughs> now, if you notice, you know, it's interesting, too. Like, it took Isabel three whacks and, then, and, it, and a tear. Daniel only had to give it two hacks. Two, two whacks. Ooh, sorry. We, we'll keep the machete out of this. We'll keep the machete out. God, you can sit down. Here's what I want you to see tonight through this silly illustration is the first time you get your heart broken, you know, Cheryl Crow said the first cut is the deepest. <laughs> this cut is the deepest. <laughs> the first time you get your heart broken, uh, you know, it takes a little bit more to break your heart. But what happens is when you try to put a, a, a mended heart back together, and you don't fully give your heart to Christ. Your heart is not really mended because we're trying to mend it. And we enter into another relationship. And on your wedding day, let's say that you have several cracks. That, there's, that all we did tonight was put this heart back together. On your wedding day, you're supposed to stand there before your spouse and say, Oh, here's my heart. And they're like, Wow, you stink. That's what your heart... That's what you're giving me? And they whip out this awesomely created, better than Play-Doh heart. And they say, here's my heart that I've kept for you, sealed tight so that no one could ever touch. And I know that they may not, may not seem much to you right now, but that is the most beautiful thing. It's pure, and it's innocent, and it's awesome that God has given us that. And so I want you to think about that. When that cute boy walks by, I want you to think about that heart. I'm just kidding. That was supposed to be funny. But yeah, think about the heart. Seriously, though. When that girl is tempting you, guys, think about that heart. You know, if you give your heart away the first time, it may take a little bit more to get it broken. But how are you going to mend it back together? Guard your heart. Next week, we're going to talk about there is, look at me, don't miss this, there is a right time for love. I want you to know that. It's amazing. It's awesome. And it gets better every day day. It really does. It, I, I never understood as a teenager, how does somebody stay married forever? I was in a relationship and it lasted six months. How are you supposed to be married forever? And when Christ is the center, Solomon tells us that a three-strand cord is not quickly broken, and it's a miracle that God does. So guard and protect your heart. Some of you asked some questions last week, and I, I have a few that I want to answer tonight um, because they're all about guarding your heart. Here's the first question. It says, what if you've been friends for a long time and something changes in how you feel? Is it okay not to say anything and go on with the friendship um, as if... Uh, um, even if you feel they may be the one. I love this question, and I think this person is after the right thing. Yes. If you feel like God has revealed something to you that you might know who the one is, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week, the best thing you can do for you and for that person is keep your mouth shut and keep your heart protected. Seriously, the best thing that you can do is what uh, the Shulamite woman writes in Song of Solomon. Don't awaken the love until the time is right. How do we know when the time is right? We'll talk about that. But it's important. Guard your heart and guard this person's heart. Continue with the friendship in all purity. Okay? Make sure that the friendship stays pure and that your focus doesn't get, your focus doesn't get shifted. But this is a great question. This is about self-control. 
A lot of times when God reveals something, we want to say, oh yeah, you know, God told me this and God told me that. And a lot of times you say it before the time is right. I've learned that God sometimes reveals things much earlier than it actually happens. And so it's important that you can guard and protect that person's heart. Here's the next question. It says, what do you do when you're in love, but people around you don't think it's the right time? That's a great question. If you're new to D2L, we always teach our students that you don't need to date. You can wait for God to bring the right person for you. And that's a different concept for a lot of people, I understand. But what do you do when you're in love, but people around you think it's not the right time? I think the first thing that we can, you can do is exactly what we talked about today. Guard your heart. The best thing that you can do for yourself is guard and protect your heart and don't give it away. If you feel that you're in love... You need to make sure that you're exercising self-control and you're not just giving your heart away. You're holding on to your heart. You're guarding it and you're protecting it. Here's the last question tonight. What do you do if you're already in a relationship and you don't want to break the girl's heart? I love this question. This guy is very sincere and very genuine. I think this is a great question. And I, all I can say to you is I know what that feels like. But the best thing that you could do is tell the truth. Josh McDowell, this is what Josh McDowell says. Listen very carefully. Josh McDowell says, Love is making the security, happiness, and welfare of another as important as yours. That's what true love is. To make the security, the welfare, and the happiness of another person as important as yours. And gentlemen, if, if you're really concerned about this girl's heart and you don't want to break her heart, the best thing that you can do is say, Listen, I, I don't want to break your heart, and I don't want to hurt you. I think you're an, an amazing young lady, but you know what? I want to guard and protect my heart from my future spouse, and I want you to do the same. And she might, you know, throw a book at you and say you're crazy. And I, I've had those crazy things happen to me, you know? And, and you want to do what's right. But if you really love this girl, then you need to be able to talk to her and say, listen... It's not the right time for me to be in a relationship. I think you're amazing, but I just want to help you guard your heart, and I want to guard my heart so that we don't ruin what God has given us. And they don't even have to be a Christian. You just tell them what you, what you believe. We don't want to ruin what God has given us so that we can give our, our hearts completely to our spouse. Jesus said this. Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you really love that girl, if you really love that friend, then you'd be willing to say, you know what? Now's not the right time. I think you're awesome. I think you're amazing. But I don't want to give my heart away. And I don't want you to give your heart away. And tonight, as we close, I want you to examine your heart. Lest we move on without really looking at what God has done in our hearts tonight. Tonight, as you examine your heart, why don't you bow your heads and close your eyes. As